Welcome to Books, Sprouts, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie. And I'm Monica. Hello. Hello. Yay. We are here today with a great book, The Golem and the Genie by Helen or Helene Wrecker. Monica had read this book, thought it was amazing, told me all about it. I read it and I said, let's podcast it. It was really fun. I, it so original. I liked it a lot. It was a mix of so many genres just sort of like melded together. It's like historical fiction, fantasy, romance, and mysticism, and religious themes. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) So I have some great discussion questions that I got from a website that, um, these are all the same questions on litlovers.com too. The website I got them from was Reading Group Guides. So the first question says, Compare the Gollum and the genie's origins. How are their personalities reflected in their origins? How are the creatures similar? And how do those similarities draw them together? It's a lot of questions. So, like, I think we could just talk about where the Gollum and where the genie come from and what their personalities are like and then, like, how they meet. Right. Well, I think it's interesting that the Gollum actually was born on a ship in the middle of the ocean on the way to America. Right. So she's made in... Wait, no. Was Syria? Wait, I can't remember. I can't remember either, but it was... Yeah. She was made overseas, Mm -hmm. and then she was supposed to awaken when she got to America, but her soon-to-be husband was like, no, um, I need to do it now to make sure I wasn't um, robbed, mm-hmm. basically. Like, I need to make sure this actually works. Right. And and then the genie, being a creature of the desert and trapped in a, in a little oil, brass oil jar for, or copper oil jar for a thousand years, wakes up in New York in little Syria. And... So I think they both were born fully adult. <laughs> you know, they awaken and they have no idea how to navigate the world around them, how to even be and act. So I think that's probably their biggest similarity. I would agree. And they're both foreigners mm. in New York City at an unusual time when there's a lot of people going through the city because they talk about Ellis Island. So it is during that like brief period of time when there was a lot of immigrants coming to the city and forming these little communities all around. And it primarily takes place in two communities. So the Gollum is in the Jewish corridor. She finds a rabbi to take her in and sort of mentor her, and tell her how to behave around people. And he feels both um, guilty that she's here, but happy that she's here. He was lonely, the rabbi, and it, it, he. I think he really f- comes to love her like a daughter. Right. But he realizes that she could be very dangerous, that golems aren't creatures that you just want to have around. It was a rogue rabbi who made her because a rich gentleman wanted a woman. He was leaving for America. He said he wanted someone who was prudent curious intelligent intelligent there is something else and i think it's interesting because because of the sheer talent of this particular rabbi that made her is the reason why she is so human like 
Because mm-hmm. golems are traditionally, they're made from clay and they're brought to life to be a protector. So it's more like a bodyguard. Think of like Bam Bam. Like bam, right. bam, smash, smash. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so she was very human for what she was. Um, so that's why the new rabbi in New York was so conflicted because, you know, he he had these questions like, well, is she alive? Does she have a soul, you know? Right. Yeah. So he tells her that she needs a name, and she's like, well, I can't choose a name. Choose a name for me. So he names her Shava, which is nice. I like that name. <laughs> and then uh, sort of the same story with the genie, he gets opened up in a metal workshop in New York City, and... The guy's like, well, we got to call you something. (laughs) And he's like, I don't want a name. I don't want to be limited by this identity of a name. Like, this isn't part of who I am. And he's like, well, you're going to really stand out without a name. (laughs) And his, you know, the person who discovered the genie is a lot like the rabbi. He was lonely and, you know, didn't have a family and... Um, ended up kind of taking him under his wing. So it was sort of the same thing. He really helped him how to navigate this new world that he was in. Right. And it's so funny. It's like these stories are like two parallel stories. And then it's like two particular people that sort of bring them together. And one of them's the ice cream man Mm. who had a complicated, interesting story. He was a doctor he went to go help a woman and he became possessed. When he was possessed, he then became blind where he could no longer look at people. He couldn't see faces. He couldn't see people. He couldn't look at anyone any, anymore. And the world was hard to perceive. It had lost all of its color and life out of it. And he just wanted to die. Yeah. He was actually possessed by a fragment from... Like, the, the woman he was treating had been possessed by a genie. They can go into your mind and experience your dreams and different things, and sometimes they leave a piece of them behind. So that's how that happened to him. And it was weird because he could see the genie. Right, right. Yeah. He, but he could only see that he was a flame. He mm-hmm. was a flame-faced person. He didn't see the human part of him. Because the genie is bonded in human form as part of being trapped in this copper bottle. Right. So he is very unhappy about these chains <laughs> on him that are keeping him human and keeping him in New York City, which is interesting because later Shava is like, well, I don't want him to not be like this because I want him around because I enjoy his company. Right. Okay. Oh, so... What are Shava and Amon like when we first meet them? And what about at the end of the story? Well, I would think Amon would be more... Um, he would be more childlike, pe- temperamental, selfish. Um, just really doesn't understand doing anything for other people. Where Shava was more, I think, innocent and childlike. And um, also a lot more worried about what other people think. Right. Since she doesn't have a master, she's 
hearing everybody's wants mm. and desires in her head and she feels compelled to serve everyone that she hears and she has to learn to tune out those voices and to listen to what people actually say and what they do but she does find a job at a bakery yeah i thought that they were so interesting in that they're complete opposites and it really reminds me how in real life sometimes like opposites tend to attract i think this is like a very typical arrangement with a codependent and a narcissist <laughs> <laughs> it is oh my gosh yes but they they see each other um on a brief whim and he's like wow you know who i am and and she's like i'm a golem and because they're so different and they can't relate to people and it's so hard for them to not be themselves and now they can sort of like oh i can safely tell you who i am because i have a secret just as big as you do mm -hmm. so they f they find a friendship right which is sweet and he takes her out and he takes her to places and she gets mad that he melts the lock of the aquarium <laughs> so i i and towards the end um he's way less selfish he's sort of like i can't let this super evil rabbi guy take control of me and do what he wants so i'm going to destroy myself and she's like no you can't destroy yourself because i i need you right yeah he definitely grows and learns from the humans that are around him and even though he doesn't show it um, they greatly affect him and he'll even go so far as to say is um, oh we're not friends <laughs> <laughs> you know but you can tell by his actions that he cares and that's another big theme it's like you know what people think and what they do and how you judge people you have to be careful of those things right I, I love um, that she felt so uncomfortable because she knew that Michael liked her and wanted to get married. And, and she was like, well, I can't be friends with him. And I was just like, I have felt this way before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was very reserved and, um, careful. Right. Yeah. Or the genius, the opposite. He was like, Hey, hot stuff. Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw you once by the fountain. You're cute. <laughs> I'm going to sneak into your room. <laughs> yeah. Let me climb the walls. <laughs> so what is your opinion of the characters, the Gollum and the genie? I thought they were very believable. As I read the book, sometimes when I read different fantasy books, I'm like, eh, like I really have to suspend my disbelief. But I feel like the way that this book was written, I thought it was entirely plausible that this could have happened. <laughs> you know, she just did a really good job of making them really come to life and seem very real. I was impressed. I love this story. I thought it was very cute. I love the golem and the genie. I, I was like, um... When you're introduced to them, you're sort of, like, slightly annoyed with... I was slightly annoyed with them. But then, like, I just came to just love them, and I really cared about them, and I was really invested in their story. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no! <laughs> and so many times, I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> so, what is your favorite part about them? 
Let's see. My favorite part about the genie is that he is like the mad artist, right? For real. He gets very inspired and just obsessed and has to act on it. And he creates these beautiful things. And that was in his nature from before he was bound into human form. He made this big he was kind of weird for a genie you know <laughs> right he made this big beautiful like castle out of um, made glass out of the sand and he was very interested in humans and like following them around and different things so his his um his artistic talents and drive i thought was really interesting and shava she was a little more hard for me to warm up to because I mean I loved her I I really did from the beginning but as far as having something about her personality that I like I I liked her potential I feel like she went from being like someone meek right right and I think that's also a statement of more how women were at the time and how she was expected to be so I liked more her potential to become something greater, which she did. I, I loved, I loved Shava, and I, when she gets so obsessed because Anna is pregnant, mm -hmm. and she's so worried, and she can't concentrate, and I was just like, she's really her friend, and Anna doesn't even know it, and I was like, she's sort of like that true friend to anyone uh, and I really like that about her I think that's an excellent point she really even though it's in her nature to try and you know grant these people's desires because that's know, what she's that's what for. she's built for but it's also like people are all built for certain things and you're right her compassion for others is significant yeah it was she was very invested in the bakery and the owners and, and Anna and it's like the genie kept telling her like you don't have to be like you you can just be frivolous and stuff and she was just like this is part of who I am right <laughs> she's like I'm not gonna be like you I'm not gonna go out and just have a tryst with humans just because and I laughed so hard when um she was just laying there not breathing and Michael was like, oh my god, I thought you were dead. And she was like, you had a bad dream. She definitely got clever. <laughs> That's why she was made smart. Right. Let's see. <clears throat> Describe Jeannie's relationship with the tinsmith who released him. Oh, I think it's antagonistic hardly <laughs> well they were they were they remind me of like the um what was that old show the odd couple or oh whatever. my gosh for real yeah with all the junk and everything yes <laughs> and yes. and they really grew like the genie couldn't have ever been as successful as he was in the united states without the tinsmiths Right, and he really helped the tinsmith too. Like he made his business very successful oh. and sought after, and he became quite, you know, wealthy, wealthy yeah. because of the genie. Right, and although he did make sacrifices for him, also as far as like not getting married and having a family, I think it's pretty evident that he was a little bit older 
anyways and kind of wasn't really on that path anyhow and was also very invested in his work like they spent all their time at the shop and everything and and I think that they really formed a, a really deep friendship that I thought was great and in it being a male friendship it's not like the huggy I love you you know you're the best right, it's right. all unspoken and it was it's very like, masculine <laughs> yeah, it's like yo bro and it was like bro right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you want to talk about our drinks mm. Jamie makes the best dark and stormies which I can't live without anymore it's um rum right mm -hmm. it's rum and ginger beer and lime and I have to tell you, the name of the drink itself is so cool. You should try one. But they are so delicious. They're very delicious. Mm -hmm. And I always have fresh limes at home. <laughs> okay, so the next question talks about a lot of secondary characters. There's a whole list of them. Salama, Miriam, Anna, Matthew, Sophia, um, Michael. Which one was your favorite of the secondary characters. Oh, Miriam was my favorite. They run this coffee shop and she is like the neighborhood busybody, but she's the busybody in the most kind way you could ever think. Like she hears somebody talking about they need this and so she scoots someone over to his table that might have a cousin who can help him with this like and her husband is like she works out front and she's like really outgoing and talks to everybody and gets all this stuff done and he just works in the back and he just like stares at her lovingly I think all day pretty much yeah yeah and she was <laughs> fantastic I loved her she she is very great and she is like there to help out anyone who can she's sort of like the social services of the neighborhood at the time yeah. Little She's Syria was my favorite neighborhood. I loved that neighborhood. And she was actually the ice cream man's only friend because he was, he seemed kind of like a vagrant almost. Right, right. He just had his um, ice cream churner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was the only one who talked to him really like a real person. And I think he might have had a little bit of a crush on her. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and he would have he would have died if she hadn't intervened and helped him. And, the, and he basically was like, I'm going to die somewhere. I might as well leave here and die somewhere. And he just wanted he just kept waiting for death to come and get him. Mm -hmm. And then it was so surprising when he was cured by the evil villain of the book. <laughs> yes. It sort of was like, "Oh, you're you're bad, but you're not hundred percent bad you're you're a complicated character i feel very complicated about you well i feel like he healed him for completely self-serving purposes though right so i'm not sure if that necessarily is a mark of being good in his favor <laughs> no but like, even the whole like why he was like you know this sort of rebellious um rabbi why he made Gollum. i mean he made her he did all these like amazing things. That's true. It it just he w he was just complicated. He was very intelligent and scholarly, and this is where the book kind of does take a little um, jab at fate and free will, where you know his. So I read the second book. So oh, I haven't read the second one yet. 
Okay. It was checked out at the library. I it wasn't was able to me. get it. I returned it. <laughs> so I I'm on Saturday. It still wasn't there. Oh, yeah, it should be. Sarah was going to read. <laughs> Damn it, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so I won't go on that tangent because I can't remember what happened in the first book and what happened in the second book, but suffice it to say is that his character is very interesting, and I will agree with you. <laughs> So his past selves are angry with him because they said that he had chose power over being happy because he keeps dying and being reborn. And he's trying to suppress his past selves so that he can get the genie back in the bottle and take over everything, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of what it seems his goal power. is, right? Yeah, yeah. power. So... It's he's complicated, like, yeah, but he's like the super, super rabbi, so it's very complicated and sort of. And that was another thing that was super interesting was, um, it alludes to the fact that, um, with these rabbis and the study, there are these forbidden knowledges, you know, that only certain people have access to, and the the Jewish mysticism and. All these dangerous books that right Rabbi Meyer was collecting right, and it is it, and for be for me because I read tarot cards and I've read there's lots of theories about tarot cards and different things that talk about mysticism, Jewish mysticism, and um, different correspondences between the two. So it was very exciting for me to read about that in a fiction book in a totally different capacity. Um, I just, I thought it was great. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll skip to the last question. Okay. What parallels do you see the story set a century ago in our own lives today? What do you think makes it more modern? That is definitely a good question. I think relationships are, um, they're not time specific. I think their relationship and their friendships and the things that happen to the people are things that have been happening to people all throughout time and will continue to happen to people. It's about the most important things in our, you know, in our daily relationships. Oh, that's beautiful, Monica. Why, thank you. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, well, we didn't mention Sophia, and I just wanted to say that she was one of my favorite characters. She is like this really rich heiress and has a little tryst with the genie and ends up being sort of damaged by him. But actually what it really does is it sets her free. Um, she was another one of those where she was... A strong woman in the world where women were supposed to be weak and live their roles right and so her so the genie actually helped her even though he damaged her he liked helped her get out of you know having to marry a certain person and yeah and be an asset for her parents to use right so so the relationships are very complicated complex deep um, fantastic book. I think. It is. It is. Yeah. It was wonderful character building, uh, wonderful world building. I really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend. Yay. So I want to give a shout out to our 
sponsor Jen Scally who gave us some um, noise canceling pads to put up in the podcast Woo-hoo, space. Thanks, Jen. So hopefully this will help improve our sound quality and block out the noise of my teenage boys. <laughs> and uh, so I was watching some Caitlin Dowdy YouTube videos and she calls her followers the Deathlings, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> so I told Monica I thought we should give a cute little nickname to our 20 or so friends and family that listen to the show. <laughs> So I was like, so long and thanks, my little booklings. Bye, booklings. We love you. We love you. (laughs) We will see you next month. Bye. Bye.